Hello everybody, my name is Ron, and this is Ron's Gal Talk for Wednesday, 22nd of March, 2023. And in case you're listening today or in the coming week or so, I just want to wish you and your family happy Ramadan, a very, very happy Ramadan, uh, Ramadan Mubarak to most of you, um, uh, no matter where you are in the world. I hope your fasts are going well. I hope you uh, are doing lots of good deeds and uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's a wonderful time of the year like it is. But in today's episode, other than that, uh, we've got plenty of things to talk about. We, Oppo has a new flagship phone, the Find X6 Pro. There's a new Snapdragon in town, and it's apparently um, it's uh, only slower than the flagships, let's just say that. Uh, plus, we've got uh, we got EVs to talk about because I like EVs, and you know they're pretty cool uh, pieces of technology. Um, especially Ford releasing their new crossover for the European market. And turns out it's an explorer, but not that explorer that you've come to know and love. So we're going to talk about all this in today's episode. But without further ado, let's get rolling, shall we? All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the Oppo Find X6 Pro. This is Oppo's newest flagship phone featuring the best-in-class cameras and all of the pretty cool innovations that Oppo really does work on and obviously you don't see it in their mid-range phones until like three years later but I mean uh, their flagship phones obviously come with a whole bunch of things and really the best of the best that Oppo has to offer uh, primarily the Oppo Find X6 Pro significant in three major places or three really big uh, upgrades here first is the cameras you get triple 50 megapixel sensors like most flagships coming out of China these days, including a, get this, f1.0 aperture, one inch IMX 989 wide sensor, which is pretty impressive nonetheless, an f2.2 aperture, IMX 890 ultra wide, and a 3x telephoto sensor, uh, looks like the ultra wide, as I said, for telephoto and macro shots potentially, so that's pretty cool in a way. Uh, on top of that, you're getting the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor, you're getting Oppo's custom Americon uh, IPU, uh, again, giving you crispy photo, NPU, sorry, uh, giving you crispy photos, that is. And the third, lastly, that I want to add on is you get 100 watt, yes, you heard me right, 100 watt fast charging with a 5,000 mAh battery, so you get a full charge in just half an hour. Not bad if you th if you think about it that way. Alrighty, first interesting aspect of the phone is the back. You just get this regular sort of AG glass, which is a special kind uh, but again, it's quite apparently it's polished to give you a metallic look and feel. However, you get the brown colorway Find X6 Pro. You get vegan leather at the bottom of the phone, so you get this two-tone finish, which is quite fancy, if you ask me. That's pretty cool in a way. It comes with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 being a flagship phone of its caliber. Along with that, you get a 6.82 inch HDR10 Plus display, offering you Dolby Vision and 120 Hz refresh rate, and it's quite bright to start with. You also get a Gorilla Glass Victus 2 and IP68 water and dust resistance. But the more interesting part is the cameras. So firstly, the Fine X6 Pro comes with the Mario Silicon uh, NPU, which I mentioned earlier, which is Oppo's custom imaging chip, allowing you to take crispier photos and again, incredible, add incredible detail uh, to shots that you've never seen before. Uh, but more interestingly is the, is the overall setup. You get a triple 50 megapixel setup. Uh, all three sensors are 50 megapixels. Firstly, you have the wide-angle regular sensor, IMX989, one-inch uh, sensor, which gives you, again, uh, depth, and again, overall, lets in more light for the average layman, in case, you're missing, in case you're wondering. 
f1.8 aperture apparently uh, as per, uh, speaking of which compared to the previous finex uh, pro phone you get 142 percent more light with a wider aperture and 156 percent large sensor area and this is all on top of the fact that you have ois which i think is nice to have that is uh, the ultrawide uh, gives you 110 degree field of view so that's pretty cool in a way and again uh as I said, apparently it should reduce lens aberration and distortion uh, when you're obviously trying to take trying to take a photo with straight lines. That is, along with all of that, you have the third sensor, which is the periscope telephoto lens. So you get periscope zoom and telephoto, so you can get incredible detail and you can zoom right in uh, with that one by one by one point five six inch sensor. Um, that is, an f two point six aperture. So overall. Uh, you could take six times hybrid zoom with full optical quality and you could even capture 4k video uh, As I said, so that's pretty interesting in a way and in case you're wondering about the selfies You're gonna get a 30 megapixel selfie camera. So that's pretty interesting uh, By the way in terms of charging you have a hundred watt uh, fast charging out of the gate with 50 watt wireless fast charging a 5000 minute power battery as I've said letting you charge in just half an hour up to 16 gigabytes of RAM and up to 512 gigabytes of storage uh, using LPDDR5X uh, RAM uh, scalability along with UFS 4.0 uh, probably the first OPPO to do that so that's pretty cool in a way but if you really look at it generally you get 12 or 16 gigs of RAM and 256 or 512 gigabytes of storage right away and again you get Dolby Atmos and stereo speakers uh, to begin with that's pretty cool in a way the phone comes in three colorways, uh, the brown one, as I've said, which comes with the vegan leather and glass at the top, uh, that I've talked about, the two-tone uh, color finish, black and green glass, which would look quite elegant, and as I said, comes with IP68 water and dust resistance, uh, but the phone obviously at the moment is going to be available first in China, which is not surprising, uh, given that Oppo is quite big in China, of course. Uh, the base spec will start from 6,499 Chinese yuan renminbi, which is about $1,000, so about $950 US. And the maxed out spec, which is the 512GB variant, will set you back roughly uh, $1,017. That's according to Android Authority, by the way. Uh, there's also a lower spec option, but that costs, uh, that's going to cost set you back $5,999. Yon Ren B, which is about $870 US, uh, and this is only in China at the moment, so there's something to take into consideration. That is all right, moving on, let's talk about uh, new processors and specifically Qualcomm. Uh, they shown, they've shown off the Snapdragon 7 Plus Gen 2. Now, this basically is the most maxed, let's just say the best way to describe it is it's the most maxed out uh, processor in the Snapdragon family, uh, well below the 8 series in that it sits between the Snapdragon 7 um, Gen 2 and the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 and 8 Plus Gen 1 in that sort of category. And basically, let's just say this is basically the fastest processor you'll get on a mid-range phone right off the bat. First up, it features uh, one primary Cortex-X2 CPU core along with three Cortex-A710 uh, cores and four uh, a, a Cortex A510 uh, cores to start with uh, so you have an X2 core which is all high performance straight off the bat so you get some of that high-end performance now on a mid-ranger to start with you get a 
uh, and that gives you a 50% performance boost over the 7 Gen 1 processor straight away. On top of that, you this is made on a 4 nanometer process, uh, just like the Snapdragon Gen 1. So you're getting some of the goodies of the high-end processors now. So it's starting to trickle down, which I think is a pretty good thing to say the least. You have a G, you have a Adreno GPU, and you basically get a two-fold increase in GPU performance. That's according to Android Authority's report. I'll link it all in the show notes so you can go read it when you have the time. Uh, that is, uh, you apparently will be getting 65% better performance than a competition when doing the GFX Bench Manhattan 3.0 test. So that's pretty cool in a way. Uh, when it comes to GPU, you get some gaming-specific features like auto variable rate shading, volumetric rendering, and AI-based super resolution. Overall, when it comes to AI, which is probably all the rage these days, you get 2x improved performance, 40% better AI performance per watt compared to 7 Gen 1. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. That is, on top of the processor, generally, uh, you get an 18-bit image signal processor that tops out at 3 gigapixels per second. Uh, as I said, uh, that means you can get 4K HDR recording with triple exposure and mega low light capture. Uh, so you could take up to 30 images and again combine the best bits into one. What well, I think is pretty cool. The more interesting parts is you get the Snapdragon X62 5G modem included, which gives you up to 4 gigabytes per second of 5G connectivity, Wi-Fi 6C, Aptex lossless support, and much, much more. Interestingly enough, uh, this very processor will actually be coming on a bunch of phones very soon. Uh, that's according to a lot of leakers and sources. Uh, so Xiaomi's is upcoming Redmi Note 12 Turbo will be coming with this processor. Uh, and also Realme is planning to drop a phone with this chip, the GT Neo 5 SC. So do definitely be on the lookout for these phones. Uh, the Redmi Note 12 Turbo will be coming out tomorrow, roughly. So. As I said, we're going to talk about it next week's episode uh, in a way. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of exciting kind of exciting to see a new mid-range chip uh, coming on the market. Um, and again, it re- seriously looks uh, kind of looks like uh, Snapdragon, uh, Qualcomm, mind you, is, uh, as I said, bringing in lots of tweaks uh, to the overall uh, market. Um, according to... Qualcomm, uh, the processor is basically designed beyond phones around four to six hundred dollars. So, around the mid-range to starting out the so the higher end of the mid-range market. So that's pretty interesting, nonetheless. Alrighty, uh, moving on. Uh, the as I've talked about the Redmi Note 12 Turbo, Xiaomi has announced that it'll be showing it'll be revealing the phone next week. Uh, on the 28th of March, so that's something to look forward to. And as I've said earlier, uh, claimingly it will might come with the Snapdragon 7 Plus Gen 2 chip, which is exciting nonetheless. On to our next leak, let's just say, or rumor per se. Uh, Ice Universe on Twitter has reportedly uh, mentioned that the next foldables from Samsung could be coming with some new bits and bobs. Firstly, the Z Fold 5 and Flip 5 could be coming with water droplet hinges and support IPX8 water resistance. On top of that, the Fold 5 apparently would be 0.2 millimeters. Uh, there'll be a 0.2 millimeter difference compared to the Fold 4, so it'll be a little bit slimmer to start with. On top of that, it, it might have the same outer display, let's just say that, but it could also be a, whole, a little bit light. It might be a little bit lighter from the previous Fold at just 254 grams, uh, that is. 
But as I said, a water droplet hinge means that they could be dropping the, the weird gap that was in the phone in the hinge when you kind of folded it up. The Z Flip 5, on the other hand, could be coming with a squarish hour display of 3.4 inches and again, a slightly wider uh, and again, sh shrinked bezels on the inside, which is interesting. And also, I, was, I read the tweet like, a few days back and uh, someone asked about the processor and we could be seeing a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 according to Ice Universe. As I said, as with all these leaks and rumors, uh, you might want to take this with a grain of salt, as I've said, because it may not end, may not end up being true uh, as it is. So that's pretty interesting in a way. Um, OnePlus Executive revealed that a new, a potentially a variant of the OnePlus 11 is going to be coming. And apparently, according to him, uh, according to uh, his post on Weibo, everyone is unique. Is it possible that each phone can also look unique? Now, that's that's basically what, what it read in the poster. And uh, also, it reportedly showed the OnePlus 11 sort of superposed on an image of Jupiter, which kind of means that it could be a marble-like texture, according to some people. Again, it's, it'll be interesting to see what this new variant is. It, it looks interesting, per se, so... That's kind of awesome, uh, nonetheless. All right, but another big new piece of technology that's kind of dropped this week is, or you know, today really, let's just say that, is the Nothing Air 2. Now we've kind of been hearing murmurs about it, what what this, uh, of, of Nothing's next new wireless earbuds. And let's just say it's an interesting uh, wireless earbuds. Uh, overall, as the product price-wise, it's kind of competing with the AirPods another premium earbuds at that price to start with. Firstly, uh, if you just look at specs, it's kind of like the uh, one, Nothing Buds 1. Nothing Buds 1, is that, a, is that even a thing? Okay, uh, the Nothing Air 2, let's just say that. It's an interesting uh, premium wireless earbuds in a way. Um, it's quite lightweight like the for original. Uh, now it comes with its very own uh, custom 11.6 millimeter driver. It support it supports high res audio, uh, wireless standard or codec. You get improved uh, active noise cancellation. You can even create your own sort of personal uh, sound profile. So that's pretty cool in a way. Uh, so in terms of the overall earbuds, they've been proved. They've come apparently they've gone from a from a off the shelf driver to a custom design. And that means that you get a dual chamber design, an 11.6 millimeter dynamic driver. On top of that, you also have a sound profile that obviously is a software feature. So again, it tweaks the again it tweaks the EQ so that the it sounds just right to you and you alone. So that's pretty cool in a way. And also, you can connect it to multiple devices at once. That's a new thing in the Air 2 compared to the Air 1, which is quite bare bones compared to this one. This is like a bit more polished and ready for prime time compared to the Air 1. On top of that, you have active noise cancellation now, up to 40 decibels, and apparently 5,000 hertz of you know tuning sort of. So it kind of hears the background noise up to 5,000 hertz and sort of you know adjust noise cancellation as you go. Um, and you also get personalized active noise cancellation. You can sort of tweak with, with multiple levels. So apparently you can again, um, as I said go between three levels of active noise cancellation. So that's pretty cool in a way. An original case, again, the design and the case, the earbuds design and case is more or less the same, but now it is basically lighter and uh, more sturdier. So that's pretty cool in a way. You get 36 hours of battery life with the case. 
And again, you can char charge it for 10 minutes and get eight hours of use straight away. So that's pretty cool in a way. And yes, it already does wireless charging up to 2.5 watts. Um, so that's pretty cool in a way. And um, they, there's even an app so you can obviously uh, tweak your earbuds as you like it. If you have the Nothing Phone 1 or the upcoming device, um, you could um, you can get much more integration, get better integration relatively. So that's cool in a way. And in case you're wondering about water and dust resistance, it supports it's the case supports IP55 water and dust resistance and IP54 uh, water and dust resistance with the earbuds. So that's pretty cool in a way. And again, charges using USB-C and uses Bluetooth 5.3. They were nothing buds two or nothing ear two. I kept saying buds for no reason. Nothing ear two. Uh, will cost 150 bucks. It's kind of expensive when you look at it compared to the to various premium earbuds in the same price range, but it's a good value when you look at it. And also, it's more widely available compared to whatever you can get on Amazon or AliExpress. It's available in a lot of places, so that's pretty cool in a way. I uh, link in the show notes uh, the reveal video for the uh, Ear 2. Uh, it's quite funny and it's kind of a nice tribute to tech YouTubers because obviously, without uh, their influence kind of a lot of people would not be buying the kind of technology that we know and love so i'm just going to link it in the show notes so you can check it out when you have the time Alrighty, uh let's move on uh we have uh some iphone news to talk about first up is um is uh, apparently the iphone 14 plus which is the slightly larger size variant of the iphone 14 even though it has the same processor as the iphone 13 and um, pro improved cameras and stuff like that. Apparently it's uh, shipped a lot more, it's been more popular and it's shipped more units than the iPhone 13 mini. And that's according to Display uh, Supply Chain Consultants, that exact company that talks about panels and obviously what's gonna come in the market and all that. So they did a report from June to April, from June 2022 to April uh, this year, pretty much. Uh, and that includes a March and April forecast. Uh, so. So you're in the know. According to them, uh, the 6.7-inch iPhone 14 Plus uh, has done as its shipments pretty much has been 55, uh, 59% higher, uh, mind you, uh, over the 5.4-inch iPhone 13 Mini over the same period year on year. So that's kind of surprising in a way, but but also you have to take into consideration that the iPhone 14 Plus is kind of in that that extra model that uh, hasn't got much love from consumers like the mini but as I said the plus the 14 plus and the 13 mini have not shipped like crazy uh, and have not been selling at hotcakes but it's crazy to take into consideration that the plus could have sort of uh, sold a little bit more than the mini uh, which is interesting uh, but yeah it's slightly better than the uh, iPhone 13 mini uh, according to their research um, but obviously, uh, this is n there's no, no comparison to the 14 Pro Max, which everyone knows is incredible, of course, but takes a 36% share of overall panel shipments for the overall iPhone series, which is pretty crazy in a way. And the Pro is obviously next to it at 28%, and the regular 14 is at 25%. Uh, so not surprising if you look at it where, uh, you know, people really are voting with their wallets. Nobody wants a iPhone 14 Plus or 13 Mini. And that's pretty interesting in a way. And while we're already talking about iPhones, uh, a report, a leaker by the name of Shrimp Apple Pro posted uh, sourcing from Chinese social media like um, Douyin, uh, 
poorly pictures and, and, and videos showing the iPhone 15 apparently uh, featuring a, not an alert slider but a solid state button that'll help you sort of mute night uh, silent or mute your phone now if you know the iPhones generally they have a, a mute switch uh, they're gonna switch it out for a capacitive button which is pretty nuts um, I don't know how they'll pull that off but it's kind of it sounds kind of like the same rumor like uh, oh the iPhone will have USB-C now that it will I, I honestly feel it won't happen for a long time over a few years at best uh, but according to Min Chi Ko, surprisingly enough, uh, he kind of claims that the US USB-C will come to the iPhone, but that there'll be limitations on charging speed. So a regular USB-C cable will only charge something like around 5 watt. And if you want to go further, you'd have to get an MFI certified cable. That's his words, not mine. So you could take it with a grain of salt, as I've said earlier. Uh, but that's pretty crazy in a way. If they do change the mute switch, um, It'll be a big, slightly big deal, but I think people are going to kind of, uh, people are not going to care that much. Do you use the mute switch on your iPhone? Let me know. Obviously, you know where to uh, contact in the show notes. Uh, I would love to hear uh, uh, your thoughts on all of this. Well, we're already talking about things from Apple. Um, 9to5Mac reports that they uh, discovered in, uh, I mean, code discovered in iOS 16.4 release candidate. Uh, purportedly showing a new device by the name of Beat Studio Buds Plus. Apparently, uh, the, these are going to be new wireless earbuds from Beats. Obviously, that's owned by Apple. And this is basically the Plus variant of the Studio Buds that came out over a year or two ago. So that's pretty interesting in a way. Now, you're probably wondering what is in the Beats Studio Buds Plus. You get audio sharing, automatic device switching, and Hey Siri functionality, just like the AirPods and other Beats earbuds, that is. But weirdly enough, it won't feature the W1 chip like the Studio Buds uh, Studio, uh, like the Beats Studio Buds. Uh, try saying that in one sentence. You've seen it just just now. You've heard it just now. Uh, but yeah, apparently it'll feature media controls for play and pause on the side when so you tap, uh, pretty much, and you can press and hold to switch between different noise cancelling modes. So kind of like transparency mode on the AirPods. AirPods Pro. So that's pretty interesting in a way. And uh, yeah, and this was revealed in code. So uh, now we don't know about pricing or availability, but it'll probably, given that it's coming with these functionality, it would probably cost the same as the Studio Buds or a little bit more than that. So that's pretty interesting in a way. Alrighty, let's talk about EVs now. Ford has shown off a new EV that for the European market because they've had the Mustang Mach-E and, well, the F-150 Lightning won't really work on European roads, so they made a compact crossover that, apparently, according to them, combines German engineering with striking American style, code known as the Ford Explorer. Now, you're kind of getting confused for a second, huh? Wait, the Explorer? Not that Explorer, the big fat SUV that everyone knew knew and loved. This one is more of a compact crossover, kind of like the Volkswagen ID4. Now, if I said that, that's because the Ford Explorer it utilizes the same architecture that Volkswagen uses for its uh, crossovers. So the Volkswagen's MEB architecture has been used for this Ford car. Now, it's been announced for a long time that Ford has been looking to make an EV for the European market using Volkswagen technology and architecture, and this is the first vehicle out of that, so that's pretty cool in a way. Now, this mid-size crossover available uh, with a five-seat configuration only, uh, rear, rear wheel and all-wheel drive options, 
Uh, it'll also it'll kind of feature, as I said, uh, the Volkswagen powertrain, let's just say, for the ID4, for example, but obviously now with the Ford badge on it. Um, apparently, it'll ha offer 470 liters of, sp of boot space, 17 liter console between the front seat passengers and drivers. So it's quite deep, so you can fit a laptop bag and multiple things, along with right under the large touchscreen, the uh, where did it go? The 15 inch touchscreen, which apparently slides up and down, so it can be moved up and down. It does not have the knob like on the Maki -E or the F 150 Lightning. That just shows you how different the vehicle is. It can slide up, so the screen can slide up, so you can get access to additional storage. You can store your private stuff, your keys, and all. So that's pretty cool in a way. It features things like sculpted sporty seats, a sophisticated soundbar that kind of looks like it's a concept car rather than a family SUV so that's pretty interesting in a way uh, you get wireless chargers in uh, in the front uh, that is and um, interestingly enough you can charge because it has DC fast charging built in for a crossover of its caliber you can charge from 10 to 80 percent in 25 minutes also, as I said, you have uh, things like assisted lane change support and it can park itself autonomously. And there's also uh, massaging uh, uh, massaging features in a driver's seat. That's in the press release, by the way. That's not me saying it. This is uh, That's in the press release, pretty much. So that's pretty interesting. And as I said, as I've said earlier, this kind of is more or less based on Volkswagen's EV architecture, which powered the ID4 and other similar vehicles. And it's got all the niceties of uh, compact crossers you can find on the market today, uh, pretty much. Now, the Ford Explorer European crossover, let, let's just call it, uh, will start from less than 45,000 euros for the base spec. Uh, and it'll be available in regular and premium spec. As I said, also, it might come with rear rear and full-wheel drive options, RWD and all-wheel drive. Well, that's pretty interesting in a way. What I think about it, it's it's nice that Ford's kind of looking to compete in the European market. So they, they have a plan. they got to have uh, lots of interesting models on the market. Or else, as I said, the Chinese maker, uh, car makers can, can take up all the market all of a sudden. And um, as I said, it's kind of Ford being competitive uh, to the and using some of their strengths that they have. Um, it's an interesting crossover, as I said. Once it does arrive, once it arrives in the European market, it, let's see how it fares. Uh, but as I said, the fact that it's coming with Volkswagen's architect uh, powertrain and battery system, um, it should give a little confidence that this ain't one of those uh, weird Ford cars. This is really a proper EV in a way. Um, not much to call home here, but as I said, it's a pretty cool EV nonetheless. And while we're already talking about EVs, uh, BYD apparently wants to offer folks a smartwatch. Now, you're probably wondering why exactly. This smartwatch apparently doubles as a bit of a car key for one of their EVs. Now, if you know BYD, they're making lots of EVs like the Tang EVs and many, many more. Now, what you do get on the smartwatch on top of the regular smartwatch functionality like fitness tracking and much much more is a keyless entry smart locking and also remote start uh, obviously if you this also apparently does work on other uh byd cars that are not electric so that's kind of a bad idea but okay um but it does it's not doesn't mention the operating system or what it runs on but it is compatible with ios and android it gets it has 30 days standby and again a battery life of five to seven days of continuous use 
that's pretty cool in a way. We don't know if, uh, how much it costs or, as I said, um, if it's going to be available. But they've announced it, so it's going to be available in due course. So that's pretty cool in a way. Would you get a smartwatch that lets you unlock your car? I'd love to know. Again, let me know. Uh, all the details are, as I said, in the show notes. Alrighty, this leads us to the end of this week's episode. What do you think of everything you've heard today so far? Uh, all the Opus's flagship, the Nothing Air 2, um, and lastly, the BYD's, like, you know, smartwatch that doubles as a car key. Let me know. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Zaid underscore my own 99. Follow me there if you can, and definitely leave your thoughts over there. Uh, and also, there's contact details in the show notes, so you can email me there if you can. Uh, subscribe where you're listening right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review over there because apparently I've got a single two-star review. So if you could uh, leave a review on Apple, that would be phenomenal to just boost the show a little bit more. Uh, share this to your friends and family as much as you can. Uh, forward this episode on WhatsApp. I, I know it's not going to happen, but do give it a try. This is your boy, Mount signing out. Where we are, what are we up to? I hope you have a wonderful day ahead and a wonderful week ahead. All right. Uh, catch you soon. And again, thank you for listening and have an awesome day. All right. Ciao.